Hi. Hiya. Welcome to the Something With Tea podcast. It's Charlotte here and welcome to... Welcome to episode 11. I'm one of your hosts, Charlotte. I'm your other host, Steph. It's still us. It doesn't change. We're still the same people that we were 10 episodes ago. How are you, Steph? (laughs) I am tired, as always. You do know sleep is important, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) That might be worth looking into a bit more. I did read something about people... If you constantly spend eight to nine hours in bed every night asleep. Yeah, and I do sleep. When I wake up, I just don't feel like I've slept. There could be a reason like sleep apnea or something. Why you're not getting the deep sleep that you need, like the deep REM sleep that you need. Have you ever looked, thought about that? Um, yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> I mentioned it to my doctor once and he was like, "Hey, you'll probably be fine. So. I mean, up to you. Why I'm mentioning it, I saw this guy talking about the importance of sleep and quality sleep and not, you know, how to make better sleep for yourself. And one of the things that's imperative is, you know, getting eight to 10 hours of good quality sleep a night. And if you are in bed for those hours, but not getting the sleep, then there might be an underlying reason. So don't rule out investigating that further because it makes a huge impact on your mental health and well-being if you're not looking after yourself in that that regard. So sorry to lecture you. That's fine, lecture away. (laughs) That's what friends are for, isn't it? Stop (laughs) lecture. The end of my public lecturing of Steph. (laughs) It was my birthday um, this week. It was. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm now the grand old age of 44 and I just have to accept it and enjoy it because that's what it is. You you look way younger than 44. Thank you. You do. So I'm drinking um, strawberry tea today. Oh, I tried that once and I didn't like it. So I made soap out of it Mm. instead. Oh, this one is by Herbal Pioneers, and it was a free gift with my um, sexy Ooh. underwear that I ordered from Victoria Velveteen. Oh, yeah. She makes the most amazing underwear. It's Victoria Velveteen. I follow her on Instagram, and she makes the most gorgeous... I've seen a lot of her posts today, actually. ...sets, so yes. She sent me a sachet of that tea with the beautiful dirty pink laundry set that they <laughs> ordered. Dusky oh, pink, dirty no. pink. Next time she has a a restock, I'm absolutely buying some because it's just exquisite. Yeah, but we can't tell our listeners because there'll be an extra (laughs) 10, 20, 100 people online (laughs) waiting for her to reopen her stock. Because literally she sold out in four minutes the last restock. Four minutes. When I bought that, it was on a mini restock at the beginning of February. And I was online waiting for the shop to open at 8pm. I just literally put the first thing into my basket that I liked, which was the dusky pink bralette set with with the underwear to match. Wow. And I checked out in under 30 seconds flat. And by the time I'd checked out and gone back to see if there was wow. anything else, it was all closed. Wow. It was all gone. All no, gone. that's intense. Yeah, she needs more people to, to help her. She needs more. Yeah. The demand for her stuff is insane. Insane. It is. Veronica. Veronica Velveteen. Veronica. Veronica. Sorry. <laughs> Don't look up Victoria. But Veronica Velveteen. And her underwear yeah. is fabulous. So it thank is. you, Veronica. No, I'm very interested in phasing out my cheap Primark underwear and getting really, really high quality, really comfortable, but beautiful underwear. Do it. Yeah. 
just getting rid of all the fast fashion stuff and just replacing it with beautiful things. Talking about fast fashion, I think next episode, I'd like to talk about fast beauty. Yes, absolutely. But this episode is going to be dedicated (laughs) to me giving up being a bridal makeup artist. Professionally, (laughs) I decided that the path of being a makeup artist isn't for me anymore. With the change in my personal circumstances, it's not going to work, especially regards to making money or my profits would go on childcare, which makes it ridiculous. So I wanted to discuss with you and I think you've got points to add on this too. Oh, yes. <laughs> 10 things I think you should know before you become a makeup artist or if you were interested about Absolutely. what is involved in being a makeup artist or you're just curious, stay along and have a listen. Absolutely. I'm so glad you've joined the club of ex-makeup artists. <laughs> Yay! I feel relieved. I have this huge weight off my shoulders. It is. Honestly, I felt exactly the same. I mean, I haven't practiced now for two, two and a half years, Yeah. which is insane when I think about it. That is insane, yeah. But I kind of forged such a good career in that time. You have. Thank goodness I'm really enjoying my new career. Yes. Really love it. I'm jealous. It's like a huge passion for makeup. Never got to that point for me. If makeup gets to you, like in your soul, like it's your passion, then it's for you. But if it's not, if you just think it's nice and it's something that you like and you're good at or, you know, other people love your makeup and they're like, wow, you should be a makeup think very very carefully yes don't just jump on that (laughs) don't do it because it seems like a good idea to do a degree in makeup or do a makeup course no but it's actually um yeah so my 10 things will go through and the first one is if you like yourself in your own makeup That's not necessarily going to translate to you doing makeup well on other people. Absolutely. And maybe you actually want to be an influencer on Instagram or a YouTube makeup artist, which are both totally legitimate careers, but they are not professional makeup. Got nothing to do with being a professional makeup artist. No, absolutely not. You might be really, really outstanding at putting makeup on yourself that does not translate into being a professional makeup artist. I I remember our first ever makeup lesson, the first thing our lecturer said was, do not put how you do your face and how you do your makeup on other people because it does not translate. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work because everyone's got such different face shapes and skin colours and ideas of themselves. Yeah. But by you putting your makeup onto them, people are going to find that very hard then to look at themselves in the mirror and like that. People like their own faces, their own makeup, (laughs) and you're trying to help translate that with better skills, maybe. I remember Jeremy Renner, the actor, used to be a makeup artist. He was telling Ellen years and years and years ago, was it Jeremy Renner who said this? I can't remember who said this, but um, someone that used to be a makeup artist on like a beauty counter, and what they used to do is they used to look at how the person came in made up, Mm. and they just replicate it with pricier products, and it worked every single time yep that's basically what you need to do so if you want to do bridal makeup or anything the big tip i'd give you is to look at that person's makeup that they have done on themselves on pictures on their phone show me a picture of yourself in makeup that you've done that you like and copy that don't try to do anything else because people will freak (laughs) exactly oh my goodness it's different (laughs) they will they'll totally freak out yeah i have to be really careful Number two, egotism 
Egoism. Egoism. <laughs> it's a very egotistical business. It is, incredibly so. You have to do so much self-promotion and so much bigging yourself up. And if that doesn't come naturally to you, you will struggle. Yeah, you do. You have to sell yourself and sell yourself as if you really know what you're doing and you're the best makeup artist ever in the whole world. So, you, And you have to really promote yourself and make your own adverts for yourself and everything, which feeds into your ego of you actually being that. And really, whereas, like I said, for number one, it's like when you're doing someone else's makeup, you have to take yourself and your ego completely out of the equation. So yeah. one, you've got this conflict, this huge conflict. And one thing you've got to build yourself up to say that you're the big I am, that you're the big person who knows exactly what they're doing and have extreme confidence. But number two, you've got to take yourself out of the equation yeah. and forget your ego, leave it at the door. And there's so many egotistical makeup artists out there. Oh my gosh, yes. So much. <laughs> you know, it can be, can get to a point where people have their makeup done and they'll say they like it. And they say, oh, I really, yeah, thanks so much. And then they go out the door and five minutes down the road, they've wiped it all off. They actually don't like it. They haven't told you the truth. They're yeah, just telling you that. Absolutely. Because you're overconfident with what you're doing. Steph, do you want to talk about how much money it costs? Number three, it's expensive. Oh my Jesus, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Products expire way faster than any normal person realizes. And it's just a joke. I threw away all my makeup the other day because it was just sat in my garage because I haven't used it for two years. And it was thousands worth of makeup. But you can't yeah. use it because it's expired. I just had to throw it all in the bin. Tragic. We're not talking about hundreds. It's thousands. It's thousands. Easily. So if you haven't got a huge disposable income already, then you're going to struggle buying makeup for your kit. People want to see nice new products in your kit as well. They don't want to see old makeup from a drugstore either. They no. want to see high brand and all the brands push it. You get caught in this world of having to buy the latest, greatest makeup products because that's what all your customers or your clients will expect to see in your kit. You kind of get blinded by that as well, that you're expected to buy and to know about different makeup products. You have to buy a lot of it and do a lot of your own research. I must have spent hundreds on products that I thought would be amazing products because they've been advertised or promoted that way on YouTube as being like, this is the eyeliner to end all eyeliners. So you think, oh, wow, that would be really great for my kit. I'll, you know, if it's the best eyeliner ever and all of these great reviews and you buy it and you get it, you realize, oh, actually, yeah. <laughs> this is really not going to work well in my kit. And the amount of eyeliner that you need versus the cost of one eyeliner is, um, is quite crazy. So you end up buying lots of different eyeliners and only using a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of each yeah. of them or not even using them at all because many clients even don't like eyeliner. Yeah. They all don't want eyeliner. And then you end up having all these eyeliners yeah. that you just throw away. They dry up. Or you have this great eyeliner and think, wow, this is amazing. A couple of weeks later, it's all dried out. And you think, hang on yeah. a second. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and it's so wasteful as well. Yeah. Well, we'll go. Well, yeah, we'll go into that in the perhaps in next week. But yes, it's incredibly wasteful. Yeah, because um, you have disposable applicators and like oh, just, the disposable things as well. Yeah, sugar. I forgot about that. Disposable sponges, disposable eyeliner brushes, and you can't mascara ones. All those cotton buds. All the cotton buds. All the cotton wool pads. Yep. No, it's <laughs> it's ridiculous. I remember looking once after a session and just seeing all of this stuff that just had to go in the bin 
because obviously it had been used so hygienically, of course it had to be thrown yeah, of away. Of course, yeah. You, there's no way no, you can reuse a cotton pad. Absolutely not. Like, okay, well, buy the ones that you can wash and reuse. That's better, more environmental. Yeah, but that's still not 100% sterilised. It's not 100%. It's, it's very difficult. You, you can... Okay, so you get the pads, organic cotton, re, reusable pads, and you say so remove mm. them, oily my eye makeup off of somebody's eyes with one of those reusable pads. One, that's not going to be very soft no. because eye tissue is very delicate. And those pads, as all of the ones I've seen, once you get them wet a couple of... They're not soft anymore. No. They're not particularly delicate. But okay, say you do manage to use it with an oily eye makeup remover and you put that to one side. Now you've got to wash that at the end of the um, client. Oily eye makeup r- remover doesn't come off well with normal no. detergent. You've got to, first of all, soak it in a really strong detergent to get that oil off. Yeah. That product's not going to be particularly environmentally friendly, like a really no. harsh um, washing up liquid, swarf eager type, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, type soap. And then you're going to put it in a boil wash to, to, to kill all the bacteria and get all of that detergent out that you've used to get the oily makeup remover out. Then it's kind of washed and dried in how you're going to dry it and keep it sanitary. Yeah just hang it up to dry uh, that might still expose it to bacteria while it's drying so okay th- th- then you spritz it down with alcohol it's only spritzed the surface level i haven't really penetrated the level so at the end of the day and and all of the environmental cost of all that boil washing yeah. is an environmental cost as well you're probably better off using the most environmentally friendly disposable cotton organic cotton it's a bit more expensive but you can find it like the unbleached organic cotton my favorites were from muji yeah if anybody does want to buy organic and um the you know the best ones i found are from muji yeah, yeah they do the unbleached organic cotton i remember in uni trying to go zero waste oh, gosh good luck with that <laughs> i managed it to a degree but Ooh. i physically couldn't and it broke my heart you know mm. that i just had to use all this yeah. plastic foamy crap yeah i mean even the fact that i know you can buy mascara ones like these disposable mascara ones are made of a, a piece of a stick of plastic and a bit of wire yeah. that's wrapped around some um plastic bristles that i can imagine are not good for the environment yeah. and if they get into the oceans or even worse for the environment and people say, well, you can get the bamboo ones now. You, and that's true, you can get bamboo ones. But they still have a bit of wire at the end and they still have uh, plastic plastic yeah. bristles. And they're so much more expensive. And they are a lot more expensive. And I can still imagine that we have, I have no idea where those are being made no. and by who. And if those people are being paid an ethical wage in that environment to make all those disposables is a whole other question we'll talk about that more in um fast beauty next episode so it's incredibly expensive the start out kit i think cost a thousand pounds would you say yeah and that's just the basics that's the basic basic kit you're looking at supplementing that very quickly with other products like eyeshadow palettes and things that you'll want and need with another 500 to a thousand pounds worth of kit easily within the next six months easily and then you're looking at replacing yeah. that on a six month to one year basis buying another thousand yeah. pounds worth of products every six months i probably spent a good six seven to ten thousand pounds on makeup in my career if not double <laughs> i'm not gonna work it out i'll cry <laughs> absolutely 
mad. It is. And that's not even with getting into all the SFX stuff, with all the special effects makeup. Oh my God, the SFX stuff. I remember once I bought a new thing of Ben Nye Blood. Yeah. And it was in a glass container. Yeah. I literally had just got it, took it out of the package, accidentally dropped it. Oh dear. <sighs> I nearly cried. I oh, nearly cried. Steph. It was atrocious. There was blood oh, everywhere. <laughs> it was Carrie. It was awful. Carrie. I was, was so Carrie. upset. <laughs> oh, Steph. Literally, that was so expensive for what it oh, was. Steph. So ever since I made my own blood, I came up with my good old fake blood recipe. Yeah, I mean, these things are expensive and some of them are really delicate. Well, yeah. like you buy a bald cap. Oh my God, bald caps were the bane of my existence. They're like... 20, 20, yeah, 20, 25, 30, depending on where you got them from. They're one use. You can't reuse them, at least the good ones that dissolve in acetone, you can't reuse. And if you had, it, like, if we had to do that for a project and we had, like, practices and then the real thing, and then you had to have a backup in case you randomly poked a hole in that one. Yeah, always have, always a, backup. have a backup. Never walkout. go to a job with just one. No, and it, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> Going back to blood, I remember I was I was on a job where my my only job was to get shit tons of fake blood and pour it down a wall several times. They would clean it off mm. and then I'd pour it down again. And I made all the blood myself because it wasn't going on anyone's face. So it didn't need to be Safe. of a particular standard. It just needed to look like blood. So I bought yeah. all the honey, all the maple syrup, food colorings, all everything and just made a bucket of this stuff. And then trying to get that into my car to get it to the location was just ridiculous. Fun, but ridiculous. But a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And that's the most I've ever been paid for a makeup job was just pouring blood down a wall for like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So apart from the expensive kit, I've got number four on my list, if I'm on the right right numbering still, um, (laughs) is... uh, the courses are expensive as well and you get loads of conflicting advice but it's very important to do you can't just do one course and think that you're a makeup artist no you'd be a very bad makeup artist if you've yeah 100% but but they say okay I've taught myself I've been a makeup artist for 20 years and I taught myself well that's great that's wonderful for you that you that you got into the industry at that time. But I think today, with the amount of people who already are makeup artists and the competition, I think it'd be very hard to just start being a makeup artist and not having done any course. I'm not saying it's impossible. No, it's not impossible, but it's difficult. If you are already really well connected, like really well connected. Yeah. Like your mum, Charlotte Tilbury, or your auntie, Charlotte Tilbury, not naming any mm-hmm. names here. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to be that your auntie is Charlotte Tilbury, and Charlotte Tilbury is a famous makeup artist, or your auntie is Val Garland, or something like that. You have you have extremely good yeah. connections. You'll be fine anyway. In fact, you probably don't yeah. need any qualifications or courses at all. You'll be fine because of nepotism works. But apart from that, um, you're going to get expensive courses and you're going to get conflicting advice. But you need lots. Of, I mean, I, I found one of the most helpful things was learning from different makeup artists and taking bits of yeah. took 10, 20, 30 percent away from what they said. And I put 70 percent aside. I mean, there was a lot of things that people did that I was just shocked by. 
but what works for one person doesn't work for another people. I, I remember what I mean, one of the first makeup courses I did and one of the first people I learned from has a very famous makeup academy in Tel Aviv. And he said, when you've got face powder and you've got an expensive container like Christian Dior or something, your customer's really going to be happy to see that. So when you run out, just buy the cheapest powder, even talcum powder will do, and refill <gasps> refill the no. Christian Dior container. They'll never know. They don't know anything about makeup. Wow. So you con people. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wow. That's shocking. His advice was to con people. A lot of makeup artists get away with stuff like that because they have the bravado to get away with that. And I couldn't do that. That's actually left me speechless. Really? <laughs> I've heard that so many times from quite a few different people. Like if the client doesn't know, what does it matter that you're using uh, some cheap palette from China that's made with goodness knows what? I'm sorry, China. There's a lot of good stuff that comes out of China, but a lot of the cheaper knockoff makeup also comes out of China. I'm talking I'm talking about a very famous makeup artist who has worked on shoots for Vogue and with celebrities and I've seen her makeup kit and it's got extremely cheap eyeshadow palettes that are knockoffs from China. And I was like, oh, those look like MAC knockoffs. She said, yes, they are MAC knockoffs. You're not worried about using those on clients? They don't know. Wow. So if you if you have any ethics or moral standing on this kind of stuff, just leave it at the door <laughs> if you want to be a successful makeup artist. Yeah. Leave your ethics, morals at the door. You'll get them fine. Number five on my list is your work is only as valuable as someone else's work. Yeah. If the other people you're working with don't make your work look good, then you're stuffed. The lighting designer is your best friend. In fact, I think a lot of successful makeup artists are married to lighting designers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you can't see your work, oh, the shot's been too long. Like you do really nice makeup, but the shot of the makeup is far away. Kind of is um, a fallacy that you have to do good makeup. You only have to do good makeup for film if it's a close-up shot. <laughs> Well, yeah, or if they want it ready for a particular time and then the shots run over and it, like, deteriorates oh, every, yeah. like, half an hour. Oh, yes. Every... Especially if you're doing prosthetics. Oh, my goodness. Because people sweat and the thing comes off. Let's get this actor ready. And you've got them ready and the shot's not ready and the makeup's deteriorating and they told you to get it ready because they wanted it ready at 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's been ready since 8 o'clock in the morning and now it is 11 and they're still setting up the shot. Yep. Oh my god, Peggy. Should we do this in two parts? I feel like we should, we should do this in two parts. <laughs> we should do, maybe do this in two parts. We can record again later. Okay, so this is part one of 10 things you need to know before you become a makeup <laughs> Why we quit being makeup artists. Why we quit. There will be a part two. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you, Steph. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Something With Tea podcast on Instagram and check out our website. Um, thanks ever so much. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs>